This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Hey, good after, good evening, everyone. Shalom Aleichem. We're continuing in Daf Hashavua Maseches Ksuba Daf Yud Tes Amud Beis. I would say this Amud is what we call the heart of Shtarais. So, um, like many of the Blat and Ksubas, especially regarding Shtarais, where there's sort of an elementary reading of it. The words are not hard. And you could sort of say an approach, but there's... This this Amud is really loaded. Okay. Um, we're going to start four lines from the top on Yotess Amud Beis. Amar Rabbi Shua ben Levi. Rabbi Shua ben Levi said, Now, just before we had Rav Kahana, that a person cannot keep a shtar amana in their house. Again, shtar amana is where no loan took place, but the loyva trusted the malva to write up a shtar. That the loyva says, one day I'm going to borrow money from you. You know, we're not going to have time to write up the shtar. I'll let you hold on to the shtar until that day comes. And the Gemara says that you're not allowed to keep a shtar amana in your house because you might wrongfully collect with it. Amar Rabbi Shoban Levi, you're now to keep a paid-up shtar in your house. The malva cannot hold on to a shtar that the loyva paid. Why? Because the Pasuk says, Do not allow to dwell in your tent iniquity. Do not allow to dwell in your tent iniquity. And that's an That's iniquity. Because if it's paid up, what's going to happen? You'll forget that it's paid. You'll collect, you'll collect again. In the West, in the name of Rav, they said, If there is iniquity in your hand, distance it. This is a star on trust. Ushtar pasim. Ushtar pasim. Is the Masara Sasha says Pirisha Paisoi Lahavisloy Star. You seduced him, you persuaded him to lend you a star. Basically, you asked the guy here, you have a promissory note that someone owes you a million dollars. Um look, I have to marry off my daughters, I gotta look wealthy. You mind uh, just giving me that note for a few days, so therefore I'll show it to people, look, you know, I'm a I'm a gvir. It's, you know, good to appear like a gvir. That's a shtar pasim. So, the pasuk, im ad oven biyadcha harchikeo ze shtar amana, ushtar pasim, vial tishkoin ba'oyhalecha avla, ze shtar paro. That's a paid up shtar. Now, the opinion that says you should not keep up a paid up shtar, koshikin shtar amana, certainly a shtar amana. A paid up shtar, is not as bad as a shtar amana. A paid up shtar was once good. Shtar amana was fabricated from the beginning. But the opinion that holds a shtar amana is the shtar you shouldn't hold on to. It could be you're allowed to hold on to a shtar parua. Why? Because sometimes... Sometimes you hold on to it. Um, sometimes 
you keep it, hold you hold on to it for the fee of the cipher. Because let's say you lend someone a hundred bucks. Besides the loan, it is the responsibility of the borrower to pay the scribe to write up the document. Now, what if the loyve uh, doesn't have the funds to uh, to pay for that? What if the loyve cannot afford? What if the loyve cannot afford that? So sometimes, even if the loyve pays back the actual debt, the malvet will hold on to the star to be able to collect the fee for the, scri- the scribe's fee. So there, there are two ways in the Rishonim of learning this. Either, if, so if the lender held on to a shtar parua, you know why he held on to a shtar parua? Because he was holding on to it to be able to collect the other few dollars that the borrower owed him for the scribe's fee. And then he just never returned it. So he's excused for holding on to it even after the borrower uh, paid him not only for the loan, but for the scribe's fee, he's sort of excused for holding on to the Ishtar Perua, because since he held on to it rightfully for, uh, to be able to collect the, the scribe's fee, so uh, we could excuse him for continuing to hold on to it after all debts have been paid. Or some Rishayim say, no, after all debts are paid, for sure he's not allowed to hold on to it. What we mean is, he's allowed to hold on to it after the debt has been paid, before the scribe's fee has been paid, even though you might say, well, if he holds on to it, he might end up co- um, collecting the whole loan again. No, he's, we're not worried about that, and he's entitled to hold on to it, because um, he's entitled to hold on to it, because he still has a, some, uh, some debt to collect. Itmar, we learned, Sefer She'enoi Muga, a Sefer that has not been fixed up, Let's say you have Torah, Nevi'im, Uksuvim, and there are mistakes in it. So the halacha is, Amr of Ami, Ad Yoy, Moto so you had to keep it in your possession for 30 days, Mikan Ve'elech, from 30 days and on, Asr Lashay, so you're not allowed to keep it in your possession. Mishum Shinemar, because it says, Al Tishkoin Ba'yalecha Avla, Shinat dwell in your tent, iniquity. Shinat dwell in your tent, iniquity. Therefore, um, more than 30 days is called dwelling. Less than 30 days, it did not dwell in your possession. Okay. So basically, you're not supposed to hold on to svarim that have mistakes in them. And this is true even Bizman uh, If you have a Sefer and it has a mistake, and uh, you know for a short amount of time, you could hold on to it, but you know how to keep it because you might forget about it and uh, you'll end up learning from it and make a mistake. Fine. Here we go. You ready? What do we know so far? We know that if Adam say, we signed on the Shtar, but we were Anusimachmas Nefashais, or we were Ketanim, or we were related, they're believed. Why? Because since they're the only way, the only way that we could verify the Shtar, they have Pe Sha'asar Pe Shehiter. However, if they say that we were coerced, machmas mamain, so they're rendering themselves rishayim, they're not believed. So pesha asar allows edim to qualify their verification, but not to make themselves wicked. But if their signature has been uh, authenticated, they're not even believed to say anything. Why? Because once their signature is verified, that was their testimony, and we say kivan shehigid shuvei noichayzer omagid. 
Now the question is, what about Edom that say, If Edom say, you know, we signed on a star, but there was no loan. It was given on faith. They're not believed. Now, we already explained why they're not believed. Because even though they have a Pesha or Pesha Hitter, nevertheless, they cannot render themselves wicked. They were not allowed to sign on a star that was given out of faith. Fine. This is Mamish. It was worthwhile to come down to this world to hear the Shaila. It was worth. No. They're not saying this was a loan based on faith. They're saying that it's a star of sale. And the Edom that sign on it, they say, you should know, the seller sold it. But before he sold it, he said to us who signed it, I want you to know, I don't want to sell it. I'm only selling it because I'm trying to save my skin because the buyer is going to kill me. So the Edom say that, yes, we signed it, and it's a good star, and it's a good, it was a sale, but the owner testified before us that he didn't want to sell it. Ein nemanim. They're not believed. Excuse me. Ein nemanim. So Rav Nachman says, Edom that say, Amano yudvarenu, ein nemanim. Maidaha yudvarenu, ein nemanim. Now, Maidaha Yudvarenu is a Pela. Why can't they say that the owner said he didn't want to sell it? Rashi says a Chiddush Nifla. Because the Chayra in this case, they're not making themselves wicked. The Edom were allowed to testify. They wanted, they're allowed to help him save his skin. The guy didn't want to sell it, but the Edom are allowed to testify that he sold it. So why are they not believed? Says Rashi, because what they're saying constitutes oral testimony. And the oral testimony cannot contravene the written testimony on the Shtar. If they say that we signed on it, on a Shtar of faith, that really they're making themselves wicked, they're not believed. But the owner testified before us, he didn't want to sell. My taima, what's the reason they're believed? What's the difference between Amona and Moida? Hai nitin li kosev. Ashtar Moida is allowed to be written. You're allowed to write a star to help a guy sell a field to save his skin. So therefore he's, they're believed to say that it's Ashtar Moida. But Ashtar Amona is not allowed to be written. You're not allowed to write a star if there was no loan. Vahai lo nitin li kosev. But the question is, what does Rav Nachman hold? Rav Nachman holds, just like a shtar amana, they're not believed. A shtar moida, they're not believed either. That's a pella. Why are they not believed? In the Mishnah, Edim are believed to say that Anusim Hayinu Machmas Nefashas. Edim are believed to say there was no loan here. We were coerced into signing to save our life. So the same way Edom are believed to say that we were coerced or that we were kroivim because they're not rendering themselves a Russia, why are they not believed to say that 
there was the sale was forced. So Rashi says this rule that Maida an oral testimony cannot cannot infringe, cannot harm the star. An oral testimony cannot harm the star. That's that's very interesting. An oral, but in the Mishnah we say pesha asar pesha hitter. So why can't the Adam say we're the ones telling you we signed on it, and we say that the guy was forced into selling it? We also said that <coughs> signing on a star is similar to oral edus and bezin. Great. But they're qualifying and saying, yes, we signed on it, but in the same sentence, the guy was forced. So why can't Pesha or Pesha Hitter? They're not incriminating themselves. What would the difference be between Maida Hayudvarenu and Anusim Hayinu Machmas Nafashais? So, this is one of the most difficult svaras in Ksubis. I mean, we could say it, but this is basically Toysus' Kasha, Amrav Nachman, Edim Sha'amra, Amano Hayyadvarinu, Enamanim. Toysus says, they're. Obviously, in Ksav Yadam Yatsimakamachar, because of this Ksav Yadam Yatsimakamachar, of course they're not be- believed. And Toys is there for us, so why aren't they believed? Why don't you have a Migu? Believe us that it was Maida. Why? Rav Nachman um, Migu Toysus, you should have a Migu. I mean, I would call it a Peshasar. You only know it's a good uh, signature based on our testimony and we're telling you that uh, that the guy was forced. I mean, Edim are believed to say Parua because they could have said Mazuyaf. Certainly Edim. So Taisa says like this, V'tiritz ri, da'hainu ta'ima d'mayda. Ha'elu ma'idim sh'ashtar nechta v'nimsar kelchasai. Since they agree that the shtar was written and given over kahalacha, shuv lo'y asi al pe'u mara They cannot harm the shtar afilu b'migu. I, what about, they're allowed to say, Anusim Hayinu Machmas Nafasha, they're allowed to say, Ketanim Hayinu, Veloi Domila Anusim Uktanim Asnisin. By Anusim and Ketanim, they never agreed it was a good star. They said it was not a good star. We, we say we signed on it, but it's not a good star. We were forced to sign on a bogus star. They never consented, they never said it was a valid star. 
They They completely uprooted. You can't say that their oral testimony cannot be Mara the Shtar because they never said it was a good Shtar. They said, we were Anusim Machmas Nefashais. There was no loan. It was not a good Shtar. They never, they never validated the Shtar. And Rav Nachman says the same thing. Rav Nachman holds Ammana also. They never agreed it was a good star. Excuse me. Um, by Ammana, the reason they're not believed, because they can't harm the star, because they say like this, listen carefully. They say, by Ammana, it was, the star was written correctly. There were two Adim. And we witnessed, and we we signed it Kalacha. So now we're not believed to say it was Amana. We say it was written with the Dasa the Loive. It's not because they're doing an Avera. Rav Nachman doesn't. Marbar of Ashi holds that it's only Amana they're not believed because Lenitin Likasev. But according to Rav Nachman, the reason of Amana and Maida are the same. Namely, listen carefully, that if the Adim say that this star was written Kehalacha, just there was no loan or just the guy didn't want to sell it. So they're sort of validating the, pro- the procedure of the star. But they're rendering it invalid. You can't, you can't ruin the shtar. When you, when you say the shtar was written kahalacha, but they want to undermine its ability to collect because of a factor that let's say there was no loan or because the seller was forced, they can't orally ruin the shtar. Mashiach came in the Mishnah when they say, we were forced to sign. We were katanim. We were psulim. So they're, they're not acknowledging for a moment the validity of the star. So they don't, if they don't acknowledge the validity of the star, they're not, it's not called oral testimony uprooting a star because they never acknowledged it was a star. There's no star that they're uprooting. They're saying there's no star. But if they say the star was, was executed halachically, it's just, it's not valid. You can't orally uproot a halachically valid star. I think I hear it very clearly, actually. That's as, that's as good as I ever got it. And, and I, I, uh, I've spent time on this. <laughs> okay? That's how Tosis learns. Next. Boy mine rova of Nachman. Rava asked from Nachman, Tenai Hayu Mahu. Now this is going with the Shita of Rav Nachman, then Amona and Moida, they're not believed. Again, the reason they're not believed, listen carefully, is because they say the Shtar is executed halachically, it's just not valid. So, uh, so we have the Svara of Rashi. Lai Asi Dibur Umarele Right? Rashi says, What well, the question is, Let's say Edom say, Look, the guy, Ruven, sold it to Shemayin. That's what the Shtar says. 
and it's a valid star. But we just want you to know there was a detail that was not mentioned in the star that Ruvain said to Shemayin, I'm only going to let, uh, let you buy it if you cook cholent with um, Mexican hot sauce. And the Edom say, look, Shemayin never put the Mexican hot sauce in the cholent. So it's not a good sale. So, so what do you mean? It doesn't say that in the star. The Edom say, you don't trust us. So basically what the Edom are doing, are they're saying there's an unspoken, unfulfilled stipulation. Now, logically they should not be believed, because they're basically saying the shtar was executed halachically, and now they want to orally uproot the shtar. Or do we say, no, that's not called orally uprooting the shtar. That's just like an external, super, um, outside factor that from the side door makes it that the shtar is not going to be valid. But it's not destroying the efficacy of the shtar like Maida or Amana. Maida and Amana are saying the shtar was executed properly, but, it, but it's completely invalid. They're saying the shtar was executed properly, but the shtar is invalid. That you can't do. You can't ruin the shtar orally if you say it was executed properly. But what about a tonight? You're not ruining the shtar. You're just bringing in an outside factor that maybe the shtar should not be effective. Says the Gemara, Boy, Mine Rava Mirab Nachman, Tnai Hoyud Varenu, Mahu. Tnai Vaman Hainu Tamdika Akri Lelashtar, your Oikar the Star, Vahainami Kakalashtar. And in a sense, when you say there is an unfulfilled stipulation, you're also uprooting the Star. Oidilmore, maybe, Tnai Milsa Achritihi. Or maybe the stipulation is something else. Something else means an outside factor. So Rav is asking Rav Nachman, you Rav Nachman who hold Amana and Moida, you're not believed. Because you can orally uproot the star. What about Tanai? Amalei, Rav Nachman said, you should know, Kiyasa Kaman Ladino, when Adim come before me, Amrino, I say to them, Zilu Kaimo Tanaichu. I say to the buyer, you better fulfill your tonight and come down to court. But basically, if you don't fulfill the tonight, we're going to trust the Edim and we're not going to allow uh, the Shtar to be collected with. Now the question is, what if one witness says there was a stipulation and the other witness does not? If you had both witnesses, we would believe them. What if one witness says... One witness says there was a tonight, one does not. Amra Papa, Rav Papa says, well, wait a second. They're both testifying to a good star. And the one that says it's a tonight, there was a tonight. He's one witness. One witness's testimony is not going to work in the face of two witnesses that say it's a good star. They both say it's a good star. One witness says there's a tonight, so it's basically two against one. Now, Rapapa is uh, almost impossible to understand here. Because the one witness is not saying it's not a good star. He, in the same breath that he's saying it's his signature, he's saying, well, but it can't be used. So he has a Pesha Asar. So you don't have two witnesses verifying the star. That's basically what Rav Huna asks. Maskaflor Rav Huna, Braid Rabbi Shua. Ihachi Yivsa, Filotar Vayonami. 
even if both witnesses says there, there is a stipulation. It should not work. We should not believe them. Because once they testify that it's a valid star, if they want to say it's a stipulation, so then they're being chayzer or magid. Elamai, why are two witnesses allowed to say it's a Tanai, but they say that it's their signature, so then the star is valid. So if it's valid, how could they now testify there was a Tanai? The answer is, because they have a Peshasar. That in the same sentence, they're saying, yes, it's our signature, but there was a Tanai. Ella Amina and Hani Lameka said the Sarkasi, they're uprooting their testimony. So Hainami Lameka said the Sarkasi, the second witness is uprooting his testimony, and therefore you don't have two witnesses verifying the Shtar. That in fact, even if one witness says that there was a Tanai, we're going to believe him. Okay, let's read this next little shtickle. I remember back in the yeshiva, I found this amud to be the most difficult amud of shtarais. But again, there, it's you could read it and understand it on on a elementary level. It's not like some gemaras, you know, you, you can't make heads or tails. No, I think there's like there are many many levels of understanding. But there is, I think, we're, we're getting a very strong um, structural understanding of the various cases based on Rashi and Toysus as well. Next case, Tanra Banan, Shnayim Chasumin Alashtar. Two people that sign on a shtar, Umeisu, and they died, Ubo Shnayim and Ashuk Amru, two from the market come and say, Yadana Shuk Yadamhu, we know it's their signature, Aval Anusim Hayu. They were forced, Katanim Hayu, Psul Eidus Hayu, Hareilu Nemanim. But if they're Edim, that it was their signature, or their signature uh, emanated from elsewhere, from a star that was disputed and then was verified, the second witnesses are not believed. Now, if it would be the Edim themselves that say we're Anusim, after the star was verified, then we have a problem of Kivan Shegit Shavena Chazar Magid. But it's not the same Edim. It's Edim are coming from Nebraska saying that the Edim that signed on the star were on Nusim. And it happens to be we have two other Edim that verify the signature. So it should be two against two. So says the Gemara, they're not believed. We're going to collect with it as if it would be a good star. Why? Why? It's two against two. So it should be in a standstill. You should, the, the star should be in limbo. You have two Adim verifying and two Adim challenging. You can't collect with such a star. The Muxuk should be able to keep the money because he's uh, in possession of it. So the, now we come to another major sugyan chas, what is called Treu Tre. Two Adim against two Adim. And there's a Shiloh whether Treu Tre. Is a suffix dairaisa, suffix drabonon. Okay, Marv Rabbi Sar, we're going to hold it over here. Thank you very much. Bizchuscha.
I got it a little bit clearer. And um, we'll pick it up as Hashem next Monday. Thank you for joining. Brachalatzacha. Kal Tov. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.